Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. So we are back, we are back, we are black, we are brown ambition. It's Tiffany, it's Mandy, good day. Wow, <laughs> epic jazz hands. Also, was that the tune of B? Uh, yes. yes. Okay, <laughs> good. Were you also thinking about Beauty and the Beast randomly today? Because I found myself thinking about it a lot today. And what a busted you know, story that is for young girls. <laughs> You know, what? I was thinking about it because I was thinking about, um, I was reading an article right before we got on um, that uh, incident with the, the woman walking her dog. Oh, yeah. Um, Karen, Central Park Karen. Hashtag yes. Central Park Karen. Yes. Wow. How, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Can we yes. not get through a national holiday? I mean. Without a, without a story. This is so sad. And the fact that it happened exactly. in New York. Not that we're immune. To racism or Karens, a lot of Karens move here from other places, you mm-hmm. know, to fulfill their dream, their dreams. Um, it puts them in the path of a lot of brown people, and then we have these situations. So, um, but yeah, what a shit show! <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, I was like, Let's also talk about the connection between that and Beauty and the Beast for a second. <laughs> well, only because I was I'm thinking to myself like she's in the that she was in the woods, I, it, like it literally was like still on my computer. So I just was thinking like she was in the woods, and I don't know, <laughs> and it just had me thinking like be our guest, you know, just so many leaps that my ma- my brain made. But I mean, I'm with you yeah. on the journey, even if I don't know where we're going. I'm always with you, <laughs> ride or die, Tiffany Alice. No, but honestly, she could not have, except she's have the beast chosen. or the pack of wolves, and he's like Belle. Yes, oh, exactly. Okay. He's the bell in this um, analogy. I'm with you now. Gotcha. Because <laughs> I'm just like, ma'am. It's just, and you know what? I guess what really is. Well, let's just say because not everybody knows. So there's a um, a woman named um, Amy Cooper because Black Twitter has done its thing, and they they huh. found that woman within 24 hours and got I'm her like, fired. Wait. Can, I need, can they erase student loan debt? Because Black Twitter, y'all just know how to do all the things. Okay. Homegirl lost her job. Her livelihood has issued an apology. That's from like what it, the headline in the New York Times has changed like 10 times today to update the story. Yes. And then gave her dog back to the, to mm-hmm. the, mm-hmm. To the, um, to the shelter. So yes. apparently she was in this place called I've been I've been to Central Park before, but there's a, a section called the Ramble, which I guess is specifically known for bird watching mm-hmm. and you're supposed to put your um your dog on a leash which sounds reasonable because you know people and so a gentleman named Christian who um was bird watching asked her to put her dog on a leash and Amy became enraged because how dare you tell her what to do 
begins to, I guess, berate him um, and quickly realizes, you know what? I don't have to do whatever you want. I'm actually going to call the police and I'm going to say, she literally says with her mouth, do you know the level, like this is Pete Karen level, that you are literally being recorded. You can see it. Mm -hmm. And for you to say, watch what I do as you record me. I'm going to call the police and say an African-American man is threatening my life. She's saying this. Basically, I'm going to see if I can get you potentially hurt today. It almost did seem like a threat, didn't it? Like, I'm going to make sure to tell them you're African-American so that they come with their guns ready. That's what it – and I'm reading reading into it, but it seemed like – that was the true threat. Not just that I'm going to call the cops, but I will let them know of course. that you're a man Well, the fact that she said, because who says an African-American man? Like, if, if it was just a regular, she would have just been like, I'm going to tell the police a guy's threatening me. But the fact that she said an African-American man, it was very much Ken from across the street. Remember I told you, remember we talked about how yes. um, my, my <laughs> husband's twin, yeah, very much like, call the police. That's what that was. It was weaponizing um, whiteness. Um, she knew exactly what she was doing, and she knew that he knew what that meant. Like, mm-hmm. and she says, like, like I guess she, you know, she's issued a weak apology. Basically, she's like, I was, I was afraid. Did that look? Like oh, did you watch the video? She didn't look afraid to me. She looked very much in charge. Yeah, it was about I was a afraid. minute. It picked up. It picked up right when he started. After he, after the beginning of the altercation, when he asked her to put the dog on the leash, and he because it's him recording. That's that's the footage that's been released. Nothing from her phone. Um, I felt so bad for the dog because she's oh just goodness. yanking the dog's collar, holding onto the dog by the collar um, as she's frantically dialing for the police. And that poor dog, no wonder she had to give up ownership. That poor dog yeah. was being choked to death. Um, yes. I was wow. looking like, ma'am, you are so, so concerned with trying to get this man in trouble that you are literally killing your dog. Yeah. That dog was like, uh, Amy, I didn't do it. Uh, Amy, a- Amy, Amy, I can't breathe. Amy. I can't breathe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and the fact that this guy, he the reason I think this is what triggered. Well, I don't know. It's all like, you know, we're all just reading between the lines or trying to make the story whole in our heads because all we have is the video. And then Christian wrote a Facebook post, which is where the story is coming from. Um, But he said that he keeps dog treats in his pockets because he's such an avid bird walker and he runs into this situation a lot where people are not putting their dog on the leash. And so he keeps treats in his pocket just in case, which is very smart, in case a dog runs up on you, as they do, um, and you're afraid and you want to just like, you know, um, distract the dog. Or even I think he was trying to prove a point to her that if your dog's not on a leash, then cool, I'm going to give him a treat and he's going to wander over here. And then what are you going to, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So, and and he's a known, he's like president of some society. He's a known bird watcher. She literally uh, chose the absolute the worst. worst. The worst. I mean, Harvard graduate. Like but he didn't need Marvel to be a Harvard co- graduate, but aren't we all just glad that? But it's sad, I mean, right? I'm not it's gonna sad. lie. I am. He he shouldn't have to be, but the fact that he's literally yeah. a Harvard graduate, he is an ex Marvel comic book editor, mm-hmm. president. I'm like you, you. The mm-hmm. fact that that even is important that she can look at him and be like, let me turn on my 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 fake tears. Okay, hold on. <clears throat> Hello. I was like, what? Okay, cool. I, he might have had yeah. a better chance of surviving an altercation with the police than someone like my dad, a black bus driver working class from Atlanta yeah. who doesn't speak like a Harvard graduate. But like that could easily – I always put my dad in their shoes and I get so – Matt, I just don't understand. How do you, speaking of mental leaps, how does it go? Where does the Karen, who, where does it come from? Why? 
How do you, what is it about society that has told white women in this moment that they need to escalate it to that level and put just for their own safety, you know, like wh- where, where? And I'm not trying to say that she's not responsible for her actions, which she absolutely is, but this is a yeah. common theme. And, and it's ironic because I had just, um, I had just watched on uh, Facebook, they had rerun this uh, TED talk that Baratunde Thurston had given. And he's this, he's a pretty well-known writer. Um, and he did, he gave a, a TED talk on exactly this kind of situation, why you call the cops and how you can change your actions and not escalate it to that level. And what happens when you do call the cops, it puts, mm-hmm. you know, it puts the person on the other side of it in direct danger for their life. Um, and I encourage y'all to to check out that TED talk, but I just watched it and I'm just like, oh, wow. I mean, what? yeah, I just, and the thing is she knew, she knew exactly what she was doing. It just, and you it's just clear and it's disgusting. Do you not know and- about the internet? Yeah, of course. I mean, this is a woman who I forget what she did, but she she an educated woman with a a high level position mm-hmm. at Franklin Templeton. Um, I heard that. Um, oh my goodness, which is folks what a financial firm rate. or something? Yes, I believe so. And then they, I heard that so many people were on the site today, like complaining that they crashed their site. I know Franklin Templeton. It was like, what in the social justice movement mm-hmm. um yeah but un- you know black twitter is undefeated they're not just here for memes okay they are undefeated when i was like how did they find her apparently one of the ways they were able to find her is that i guess she hired dog walkers right yeah dog walker turned her over <laughs> dog yes. walker identified imagine? her she was like exactly. that's what happens when you don't tip the dog walker was like mm-hmm. the dog walker rude. probably was like i know that dog yeah <laughs> exactly you know but yeah it's just mm. she got I mean, her I'm glad that yeah, and she's like, her life is ruined. But I'm like, yeah, but what, here's the thing. What was your intention? Was it to ruin his? Like what, you know, like cry me a river. If you would have won, if you would have, if he wouldn't have recorded you and they would have come and roughed him up, like what was your actual intention? And now that literally you dug this grave for this man and you fell in it, now it's like, help. Yeah. No, I honestly don't feel pity for her. Where are the thin pieces on white women tears? Yeah, That's always so. what comes next because exactly. your full apology, you know, distract us from the fact that, you know, look all innocent and I'm just a woman and, you know, I never met any harm. What doesn't matter. Um, you picked up a loaded gun almost. Exactly. And that's the sad truth. And she's the way that she said it just le- leads me to believe that not only does she is she aware of these situations as they happen and the danger that it poses to to people of color, not just African-Americans, but especially African-Americans. But she she knew that because the way that she said it told me that she knew what she was doing was extra dangerous for him yes. as an African-American. Um, she was threatening him, like, watch what I arrest- do. Look at the she, power. That's like attempted assault or something. I mean, yeah. you need to start. The police needs to pull, press, press charges at, at a minimum because she could have endangered his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he might have been reaching for dog treats and someone would have thought it was a gun. Um, exactly. It's absolutely heartbreaking but i'm i'm glad in this case i'm I'm glad in this instance it ended up on the right side at least you know no wrong no harm came to him and she you know i don't wish anyone ill but at least she you know wasn't rewarded for her ignorance um exactly i don't want someone to lose their job like that you can debate whether that's what she deserved or not but i would rather she was arrested for attempted assault or something like that based on how she how she threatened him 
I would like to add that to that. Yeah, please. <laughs> I would like to add that on top of the... And it's... Okay, so I live in the suburbs of New York City, about 30 minutes outside of New York City. So I ride the commuter train and to work. I mean, I used to when, like months ago when that used to happen. People rode trains to work um, or went to work at all. And this is the kind of, like the number of times, like let you make a one, make let you sneeze in the quiet car. Just, I dare you to sneeze in the quiet car on the way to work on the commuter trail, the Metro North, because there are, it's full of Karens. And what's the male equivalent of Karen? Did we say Keith? It's full of- I don't know. It can be Keith for us because that's your neighbor. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go last week and listen to the show. (laughs) It is full of Keiths and Karen who love to, who love to correct one another. Sir, it's the quiet car. Sir, ma'am, it's the quiet car. And I've seen people like snip at each other like that, white people snipping at white people for- for breaking the rule in that way. And they, you know, they get very excited about being able to call someone out. But the difference is like, how dare he be a black man and do the same thing that I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, every, uh, like I'm sure she would have done in that situation. And that's what it's about. It's not, it's not that, you know, it's whether or not he was wrong or right. It's the fact that he has the balls. He has the audacity to come to her, a white woman and try to correct her. Cause that is exactly. not acceptable, but it's perfectly fine every day on the train. And I and I know one day on the train, I'm sure if there's well, the train that I ride is not super diverse, but I'm sure if it was that situation and there was, you know, a Keith or a Karen, and then Christian Cooper on the train, and he, you know, he had the audacity to try and correct them, it might have happened on that train too. Mm-hmm. It's it's a problem that I don't know how to it's solve. Like, it needs to be a crime. It's, yeah, let's thank God for just video, and thank God that he, you know, the Christian kept his. His wits about him, and thank God for Christian's sister because she posted it on Twitter. Oh, she did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he was—he didn't think he's like honestly. It's from what I'm reading, it didn't seem like he th- thought much of it because it didn't end poorly. But I guess he showed his sister, and she said, "Oh, what we're not going to mm. do is, you know." She said, "Let me get my homies on Twitter because yeah, Twitter, a- they, there's there's nothing but space, time, and opportunity on Twitter. Black Twitter is like, oh, we've been home all day. Oh, uh oh, there's a mystery that needs to be solved." <laughs> 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 Nothing but time these days, right? Nothing but time to to scroll and to to retweet and hmm, a damn bird watcher. Could he be doing anything less? Not that he needed to, but like he could have. Could he be doing anything more innocent and adorable? No, (laughs) just like what? Damn birds. So yeah. Trying to find and that. And you already know, which is so crazy, because you already know they tried to do some digging. Like, maybe he, maybe he sells drugs, something that we can make. They're maybe like, oh, wow. The further they dug, the six- they're like, Harvard graduate. No. <laughs> watcher, no, no. We know. Marvel comic editor. No. Speeding tickets. <laughs> parking tickets. Um, <laughs> it's pathetic. He, sh- he should have mm. been able to be an ex-convict. Like, you know, I don't know. Just out, he he should he should be able to be any damn person, you know. He should mm-hmm. be able to be anyone and just mind his own business and not and not fear for his life in that way. It's it's sad, very very sad. Yeah. Um, so maybe. random random twist. I don't know. I was um I have to. It was just before we got on to. I was like looking at like my mortgage papers that I have to sign. Um, do you think a mortgage crisis is looming? You know, our last recession was kind of triggered by bad loans made prior to uh, two thousand eight two thousand nine. I let y'all know. For most of y'all, you know, I lost my home during that time. My my first con- my first home a condo. But I was just thinking about that as I was like you know looking at the refi papers and. 
getting ready to sign. And I was thinking to myself, like I was reading some statistics where I think it was something like like um, 8% of homeowners right now, you know, are in forbearance, you know, like because mm-hmm. three-fourths of homes um, are government-backed um, mortgages, right? Three-fourths of homes now, pe- folks who have homes have government-backed mortgages. And y'all know the via the CARES Act that that these um, mortgages are available for forbearance and that the government's like up to six months, you don't have to pay. There's still, the interest is still running. And um, you're going to owe that money in six months. That's mm-hmm. people don't well, understand about forbearance. Yes. Well, I will say too, because one of my or friends- they'll let you um, put okay. it into the loan, right? Like let you bundle yeah, it and also. Yes. And there, but there's some loopholes too. My friend Michaela, who's an attorney, has been like studying it. Um, she, she and I were just talking about it and she was like, girl, like, you know, there's ways, basically, if you don't have it to pay, the bank is not supposed to force you to pay. They're supposed to be able to offer you another six months. And even then they're supposed to work out some other um, reasonable payment plan. Um, but she said she doubts the banks, are, you know, banks obviously are not going to be the people to tell folks all the rules that are inside the CARES Act. Actually, Michaela's working on creating some like really easy to understand kind of like checklist so folks when they're approaching their bank can intelligently ask the bank for what they're owed via the CARES Act. But either way, so there are a lot of people who can't afford their mortgage and they're not losing their homes now because they've opted for forbearance. So then what happens? I was just thinking that, you know, there's so many facets to um, this pending and looming recession, right? It's like COVID, oh my gosh, the market, what's going to happen there? And now it's like, wait, so all this money that's being printed, what happens when that stops? And now, you know, mortgages, like what happens when people can't afford their mortgages anymore? And six months from now, 12 months from now. So I just was thinking about that, like, you know, because as it is right now, it seems like housing prices are staying steady uh, because, you know, me, I was looking for investment opportunities. So that's why I've just been nerding out like, huh, but housing prices are staying steady. Um, There was uh, the demand for homes actually has not subsided because folks couldn't go out the last month and some change. And so now those folks who weren't able to go out to find homes are like, oh, finally, the country's opened back a little bit. So we are not seeing really a drop in um, home purchases. Folks who could wait are like, okay, I won't, I'll wait to put my home on the market. So those who felt like they really had to sell, basically the market's not flooded with homes. It's still basically a seller's market. I say all that to say, mm-hmm. but it's not always going to be. So I'm just curious what you think about a price, um, a, a potential mortgage crisis looming. Oh, thank you for asking me. Um, I have a lot of, I feel very like, thank you for trusting me with this answer. Um, with the caveat <laughs> that I'm not a mortgage economist or any kind of economist, but um, it's funny, I will add to the list of reasons people are still buying homes out there is not a lot of, like, I was just talking to a friend yesterday and she said that a good friend of hers, they have sped up their, they live in a two bedroom apartment in, in Brooklyn and they were like, we need to get a home. We need to get out of here because they have a four-year-old and they're married and they're driving each other crazy. And so they like all of a sudden it was like, we think we're going to buy. And then boom, they had bought a house to get the F out and get more space. Um, mm-hmm. Do I think there's going to be a mortgage crisis? I really hope not. And I think that one is a lot of things are different. It's 10 years since the Great Recession. And there were, thanks to the Dodd-Frank Act, a lot of regulations put in place to make mortgage lending a lot safer for consumers and to make sure that consumers aren't able to take on mortgage debt that is outrageous, that they could not um, afford with their household income. That being said, obviously, anytime 
what's their unemployment rate right now? Like a million percent? I don't know. Great Depression levels? <laughs> yes, <laughs> over Great Depression yes, levels. Yes, millions and millions of people are out of their jobs, uh, including like my dad, who's still out of work. The way that he's making his mortgage payments are thanks to unemployment benefits and his extra, um, how much do they give? An extra 600 bucks on top of your unemployment benefit through the CARES Act or through the um, legislation that Congress passed. That's going to expire at the end of July, I believe, that extra $600 payment. And mm-hmm. his unemployment benefit should last through the end of the year, um, I believe. Now, what's scary is if the government does not step in and continue to provide this type of funding so long as people are out of work. Now, that's a different story depending on what what zip code. You know, at this point, it's like by zip code, the story is very different. If some places are reopening and businesses are getting back um, back to, you know, levels pre-COVID and people are using services and paying for services again and people are able to get back into the workforce, maybe in that zip code, you don't have people falling behind on their mortgages and struggling to, to keep up and getting foreclosed on. And maybe in other zip codes that are harder hit, where people are not able to get back to work as quickly, and we're hitting, we're getting past July 31st when the extra $600 is gone from unemployment benefits, and we're getting, you know, unemployment benefits are expiring, and people aren't able to keep qualifying for them, um, maxing them out and whatnot. Now that's scary to me, and there's not going to be a vaccine until 2021 at the very mm-hmm. earliest. It seems like from what all sources are saying, uh, the sources that I read anyway, the scientific ones. Um, So I don't know, but I do think it is a super local story. I think your zip code will dictate when you reopen, what that looks like, how quickly people will want to start using services, spending money again, um, getting back out there. And that's going to directly translate into how businesses do, whether they're hiring people back. um, And when they hire you back, are you working the same hours? Are you getting the same pay? Do you have a salary cut? There's a million different things. One thing that I know for certain is without more action from our elected officials, I am really worried about what it looks like after July or through the end of the year for people who are on the brink of financial insecurity and really need those benefits to get them by. It's through no fault of their own that they're out of work, right? And that is why Congress approved that jillion-dollar stimulus package. And as far as I know, they haven't approved another one. They can't agree. Republicans are now pretty much saying, oh, that was a one-time thing. Now we need to take a deep breath and we're not going to be cutting any more checks for the near future. And Democrats are pushing them to provide more stimulus funding. And they're kind of at an impasse right now. Something like that is going to need to happen because, and again, this is like at a local level and many parts of the country, it's going to be a long time before they get back to business as usual. And maybe in other parts of the country, they're fine, you know, and they're like I saw a picture of people at the at a pool party over the weekend, which is kind of terrifying. Yes. Some parts of the country are feeling real good about themselves, feeling real. Their immune systems are popping, apparently, and, like, they're back out there in the world. There's other parts like New York where we still, you know, I, I still am not sure when, you know, Rio will ever see his grandparents who live 30 minutes away. Yeah. I know it's a very long-winded answer, but it's not going to be – I don't think it will be a nationwide – widespread mortgage crisis like we had in 08. And it's very different reasons why it would be today. It would be because people are not able to get back to work because Congress does not act to give people funding or force banks and lenders to give people a break for longer. How long can you tell a bank you're not allowed to foreclose on people who are in forbearance programs? I don't know. It's so unprecedented. But without, yeah, without action from Congress, sure. But I don't think it'll be a mortgage crisis on the, I think it'll be, like I said, like a, at a local level, very different from one zip code to the next. 
Yeah, and also too with these low, super high, super low interest rates. These are like unheard of. So people are like, because uh, people keep asking me, should I buy a house now, Tiffany? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> or refinance? I know. Well, refinance, absolutely. Like I'm honestly on the fence about buying a house. It all depends. But I feel like if your interest, like most of my friends, they bought homes. Not most, but a lot of my friends bought homes. I would say in the last two or three years. So like two, three years ago, you were looking at interest rates at like five percent. I know five point something. Four point three. Four point three. So, which is like so. I think right, I know. But if you have a, an interest rate of over five percent, right now interest rates. I mean, it, it all depends, obviously, on, on a myriad of of, of, of things. But you're you're looking at interest rates in the under three point five percent, depending on what your credit score looks like, and yada yada yada, all these other things. But like that's you're gonna a friend of mine. I think I want to say her interest rate was. Uh, like 5.6 or something like that. Um, and now her her interest rate is um, 3 point, you know, something, 5 or something like that. And she's saving 400 bucks a month on her mortgage. That's a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I would, if I, you know, if I, I'm on the fence about whether you should buy a house right now, because I would love for people to lock in an amazing interest rate. But at the same time, I'm like, ah, new debt, new debt. I'm not sure during times like these. But I do believe that, like, if you can refinance and save five, six, you know, six hundred plus dollars a month, um, I think that's a good thing. I love a good refi calculator. And we happen to have one at Lending Tree. So I'll put one in the show notes for you guys. Refinance. I've been play- putting our numbers into the refi calculator a lot and just playing around with them. Um, two points off your mortgage. That's huge. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my whole thing is I don't want to have to get – you do have to pay closing costs because you're getting a new loan. And I I would want to see are they allowing you to roll those closing costs into your loan so that you don't have to pay up front and like wh- how that would affect the math. Because yeah. if I couldn't do that, I probably wouldn't you know, refinite because I don't think the upfront costs would be worth – how much we would save because I don't think we're going to be in this house for a full 30 years. A lot of the, t- a lot of times when you do the, the calculations and we're guilty of this too in our content is we can, we'll say, you know, you can save $25,000 over the lifetime of your mortgage if you refinance, but are you going to stay in the house for 30 years? Um, yeah. You need, and also it doesn't take into account how much have you already, like how much equity do you have in the house now? And it's, it's a little complicated. Um, I might just, on top of using the calculator, I, I almost want to say also if you call a loan officer um, or a lender and have them, like they they want to sell you, they want you to take out a loan with them, maybe they'll do the calculations for you and make the math a little bit easier, um, you know, with no pressure for you to actually take out the product. Um, but I, I'm a procrastinator and I was kind of using the fact that things were so crazy at work and with COVID as an excuse to just let this refi opportunity slip by. Because, like I said, we maybe be saving a point or whatever, but the rates just keep going down, and I'm like, damn. I know. I got some free time. Maybe I should look into this. I know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm like, wait, okay, wait, wait. Do I sign now? Do I wait? Yeah. It just honestly, if they the financial double dutch, don't we love it? I know. That's exactly what I'm feeling. Like, if they imagine if the rates were like uh, 2.5, that's like insane. That's basically like here's some free money. Financial double dutch. We shall see. Copyrighted. A memoir by Mandy Woodruff. (laughs) We shall see. I would honestly, if it dropped down to like a two, I would definitely play relate. by Mandy Woodruff, financial double touch, <laughs> and on the stage is no, I'm kidding, but not kidding. Did I just have a million dollar idea right now? Financial <laughs> stage double touch. That's funny. Ooh, I think she's gonna go in. She's going in. That is every, and you know what? People want to tell you that's what that's what everyone's asking the budget needs to for. Tiffany, when do I jump? When do I get in yes. there? It's, it seems like yes. everyone's winning the game of double dutch, but when I jump in, I'm going to get tangled up in the ropes. Um, that's it's so 
fun and and hard to hard to predict. But good question. I'm glad I got this whole house situation done when I did um, and got out of the city for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Because if I were buying or selling right now, I'm glad to hear that the markets, I I think it's also a local story, but I'm glad to hear that things are relatively stable if you're still looking to sell Yeah, but also too, like it's not like stocks. People don't, you know, it's not like how it is with with stocks, right? One day the stock, you know, Dow Jones could be down 100 points, 300 points. That's not how it is with the with with the housing market, it's not like oh my gosh, my house is worth three hundred thousand. Now it's worth two hundred thousand in one day. Yeah. That it tends to move more slowly. Like when, you know, when uh, in two thousand and eight, two thousand nine, two thousand nine was not when the housing market actually reached its bottom. It was like two thousand, like ten, eleven. So uh, it tends to trail a year or two behind. So as the economy if the economy does poorly and crashes and burns and whatever, then you see the housing market comes after that, like the decline of the housing market comes after that because it just takes time um, for it, homes don't go up and down that quickly. So, yeah, so like, you know, basically we'll see. I tell people, uh, I, I would, I'm not, I wouldn't not not get a home because I could take advantage of low interest, but I would just be really mindful about getting a good deal. So I would hate for you to buy at the top of a market. There's no way to know if we're at the top of the market until the market has already passed. That's the bad part because I bought my home, um, my first home at the top of the market. It was like at peak and then it just declined from there. So um, I don't know. I feel like if you're going to, at the end of the day, if you're, you, you have to actively be an investor with our with our finances, like really looking at our neighborhood, are you know our prices really going up? Is this a solid neighborhood? Is this is this a neighborhood that either like a Westfield, um, where like the prices have stayed steady up down in between, or is this like a neighborhood that has seen huge growth uh, because maybe it's right outside of a major city and it's like you know people can't afford the major city anymore, or is this a neighborhood that's kind of tapped? You know, folks are saying like. It's going to be neighborhoods, quite honestly, like New York that are going to um, like, well, like like the city city, like, you know, midtown Manhattan, where these huge, you know, 20 million dollar, 30 million dollar, like are people going to be buying those um, to live in a city where they're afraid, quite honestly. So time will tell. Am I allowed to pat myself on the back for not touching my 401k? Because looking at my I love the balance chart where it shows you up and down how your account's mm-hmm. done, and it's basically, there was a huge dip, but it's basically almost back. Um, yes. I think, what was the most I was down? Over 25% or something. Now it's mm-hmm. around like 8 9% down. I'm good. I increased my contribution way back when, and I'm feeling good. I'm checking it because I trust myself not to do anything. Um, but it's just another example um, that when the market goes down, it has a way of bouncing back especially yes. in times like this. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I I feel okay, at least in that regard. Now, you, uh-huh. Missy, you're doing a cash-out refi, right? And tell me again, you're using the cash-out part to invest in a property? Yeah, okay. so we have... For um, folks who were like, what yet. are you talking about refinancing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, we're going to... We, we bought a second um, property. You know, we bought it for $10,000. It was the total piece of junk, but I w- we were going to completely tear down and put up a two-family house. But honestly, the price of that, of, of what it would cost because of the utilities and all these other things, like the price of that was going to cost more than what the house would be worth. I think it was like almost $500,000 to tear it all down, to move everything because the, 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 um, we'd have to totally do, do a new foundation because we, we wanted to move the house back. But I was like 500000 that um, two-family houses in that area 
only go for not even 400,000. So it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, So we were like, well, what if we just build an existing two family on the actual house itself? And even that, the the price just didn't make sense. So we're like, you know, we're just going to renovate the existing home. Mm. And so that renovation is going to be about 180. And and then homes, a one family home in that neighborhood for that size, typically go for about 230, between 230 to 250. So we like, you figure 180 for the renovation um, and $10,000 what we paid for. So that's 190. We get back max 250. So there's some spread there. It's like a $60,000 spread. So we're just, we're going to use the money for that because I could pay for you know, like I could, you know, my husband and I, we could pay for the house out of pocket. But, you know, I felt like I really wanted to, I felt like the house that we're, that we're living in now, I'm not taking out all the money, about maybe like 60%. I felt like it was kind of like a, like money sitting in a bank account that was going unused. So I really wanted to pull out like 250 from this house, put you know, some of the money toward the other house and honestly invest the rest. I wanted to, because if if the interest rate that we, because our interest rate that we got was 3.25%, um, no, yeah, 3.25%. Um, I know that, I mean, we could almost put that money, well, not these days, but you could almost put that money, you know, a couple of years ago in a savings account and make more. So it was like, well, we would lose 3.25% as far as our interest, paying interest on the, the cash out component. But I know that if we invest that money, we can make more than 3.25%. So I'd rather pay a mortgage, a low mortgage, because we're still going to pay our insurance out of pocket and we're still going to pay our taxes separately out of pocket because I want to be able to pay off the mortgage whenever I want to. Um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. We're investing the money in, in real estate and in the market and um, to help us reach our, our ultimate financial freedom goals. So I feel really comfortable. Like I think our mortgage is going to be like 1200 bucks a month. Um, so I'm like, it's more than that we're more than comfortable enough to be able to pay that without having to worry. Because obviously you don't want to take on new debt if you don't have to. But I just felt like this is one of those instances where the, 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 what is it? The ends just not the end, or the ends justify the means. Yeah. Like you're going to have the return on invest. It's worth the risk. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. All right. Well, thanks for giving us the lowdown again. Should we get into some questions, Missy Miss? Please do. Let's take a quick break. We will be right back after this note from our sponsor. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time for questions. Um, 
that little ditty was for Alex because Alex said, Tiffany, I like your singing. And although I know you're lying, um, you know, I appreciate it. <laughs> Don't encourage. I mean, encourage her. We love your singing. We love your uterus. We love everything about you, <laughs> Tiffany. I got a, I got an email with the subject line that just said uterus with like four exclamation, <laughs> exclamation oh, marks. I feel bad for that lady now. I mean, kind of. But oh. cause I'm like, I'm sure she's like, well, dang, I didn't mean all of that. But yeah, thank you guys, though. Shout out to the listener who told us that she had us that you had her crying in her kitchen um, on your oh. behalf because she, um, too, has had struggles with IVF and um, lots of messages from listeners saying that they support yeah. you. Yeah. We love you and your uterus and all your organs. Talk about them at length if you want to. If you want to. If there's a financial angle, we want to. Nope. Well, you know, let's talk about gallbladders. You know, just joking. Um, But in lieu of gallbladders, let's open up the mailbag. So I'm scrolling through our email, good old Gmail. If you guys want to leave us a question there, you can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, brownambitionpodcast.com, where you can click ask us anything. And also on the gram. Yes, I am here answering your questions or at least looking at them on Instagram. Um, we are at Brown Ambition Podcast on the gram. Alrighty, let's take one from... Uh, okay, this one has an interesting question. So Tiffany and I were just talking about Congress potentially releasing a second stimulus package. If you remember, oh, so many weeks ago, the first mm-hmm. stimulus bill included a $1,200 stimulus check, $1,200 or $2,400 stimulus check, depending on your income and things like that. Um, and it literally was just like, here's some money in your bank account. So here is a listener who wants to remain anonymous, and she has a question on the gram about the next wave. She says, thank you guys for giving such beneficial information. I've been able to renegotiate some high interest rates on credit cards, and I'm still working on getting down that credit card debt and building on my savings using the snowball method. Since there's speculation, there might be a second stimulus package coming out. I was wondering if you think it's wise to take a few hundred dollars if that second check is given and invest it while stocks are quote unquote on clearance. I was thinking of using an app like Acorns or Robinhood. Out of those types of apps, which would you recommend? I'm still learning about the market and educating myself. Thank you so much. So she has some credit card debt she's still working to pay off. And she wants to know with the next check, let's say she used the first check on her debt. I'm not sure. Um, is it okay to take a portion of that and invest it? What say you, miss? I say that, well, first thing, so this is funny because a friend of mine just called me and asked me today something similar. She was like, what should I do? I said, well, first and foremost, are you current on your bills? If you're late, get current. Do you have upcoming bills but no income? If you do, take care of that. Then it sounds like you've negotiated some of your credit card um, interest rates down or you're in the process of. Still, um, credit cards, even low, like for me, like I've got perfect credit. And I think, you know, I, you know, when my interest rates, it's like 10% or whatever, that's still double digits. So it actually would be um, more financially sound to use the money to pay down credit card debt that has double digit interest rates than to enter into the market and hope to get double digit to earn double digit interest rates. So does that make sense, Anonymous? Um, We don't know. Because if you were to say, I don't know, she's not here. It makes sense to me. (laughs) <laughs> because, you know, like, for example, if she were to say, hey, I've got student loan debt and it's 5% and, you know, I'm good on bills, I'm not behind, I do have, you know, like the the money that's coming in um, is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with paying bills moving forward. Should I put, and I do have some savings because that's important too. Should I, you know, should I maybe enter into the market? I might say maybe, but also 
the fact that you're not fully knowledgeable about what to do in the market also makes me say, wait, um, because I don't want you to enter in like as a novice investor with this money that you could really be using. Because here's the thing, you 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 don't know necessarily how to invest, which is fair because sis, all of us, but you do know how to pay off that debt. So it would just be more financially sound to do the thing that you do know, which is pay off high interest rate credit card debt. I have nothing to add. I will just say pay off the credit card debt. A few hundred dollars won't go very far even when stocks are on clearance, which is what that's like the little jokey way I talk about what happens when the market goes down because things get cheaper, like stocks go down in value. Um, So if you're looking to buy low, it's a good time if you have the funds available. But girlfriend, if you have credit card debt, almost certainly it has double double digit interest rate um, APRs and you need to pay that down. ASAP. Um, and let's say, I don't know how much the next check would be. Look at me. Look at me rambling. Even though I said I have nothing to add. I got something to add. Let's say the next <laughs> check is $1,200 like it was this time around. So a few hundred dollars leaves you with 900 If you have that much credit card debt, I feel like you probably need some emergency savings. And I would put all that towards savings so that you don't find yourself back in debt. Um, or at the very least, use it to tackle some of that credit card debt. And good luck. Because honestly, it is a form of investing and savings to pay off that debt. It's just like reverse investing. You have to look at it that mm-hmm. way, okay? Oh, I like that. I'm going to start using it. Okay, I'm not entirely sure Consist- if it makes sense, but it sounded good, right? No, no, it does. Because I was trying to figure out how to explain. Because people are like, I don't get it. What? How is paying down debt really making me any money? It's literally like reverse investing that, you know, you're trying to earn here, but you actually would earn less by losing less on this side. So mm. reverse investing. Woo-hoo. Reverse investing. The second memoir by Mandy Woodruff, <laughs> author of Financial Double Dutch. All right. Sorry. Thank you very much for your question, Anonymous. We are going to take one more. This one is from our email inbox, old school. Let me see. Do they want us to use their name? I'm just going to assume no. Let's call this person Ashley. Ashley has a car. uh, She has a car, which is good to know because the question is about her car. She has a question about whether she should sell or rent out her car for extra income. All right. She says, my grandfather has gifted me his gently used 2015 Mini Cooper. I love that her grandfather has a Mini Cooper. That is adorable. About two months ago, it's paid off and in great shape. I currently have a 2016 Honda Accord, which I'm still paying a car note on. I've always loved Hondas, and I know them to be extremely reliable. However, I reside in San Francisco, and parking two cars would be a hassle. And I can't drive two cars at once, clearly. Uh, If I were to sell the Honda, I'd owe around $4,000 out of of pocket due to being upside down on the loan. Upside down on the loan just means that she owes more on the car than it's actually worth, which is a really bad situation to be in. And it's probably because you had a really high interest rate on your loan. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, I digress. She says, if I were to sell the Honda, I'd owe around $4,000 still, which I have in my savings so I could sell it with no issues. However, I've been considering renting out the Honda on sites like Turo or Get Around, which is like Airbnb for cars, which would allow me to bring in extra money to pay the car off quicker. And then once it's paid off, I could use whatever money I get monthly from those apps to put toward my savings extra income. I do know it's risky to rent on sites like that, but I also like the idea of making side income and having a backup. What do you guys think? This is an interesting question. So she has a free car. And she got another car that she owes some money on. Um, She want to put that car to work, honey. She does. But I'm wondering if she has the four grand in savings, why not just pay off the Honda? But but this is before she got a free car. But her her reality is that she has a free car. She got two cars and she wants to get rid of one. 
I, I, yeah, I feel as someone who doesn't like the hassle of um, things like renting out cars, I've heard of that site, Turo, and get around. Me too. I've never used them personally, so I don't know about the upfront costs. If there's any like fees you have to pay or anything like that, you would have to. I do know they're kind of popular on the West Coast, um, more so I think on the East than on the East Coast, or at least in New York City where we don't drive as much. Um, mm-hmm. I would definitely ask around if you have friends who use it. And do the math to see if it would make financial sense to keep paying your car note on a car that you're underwater on and then get income. Like, how consistent would it be? I mean, no one's really using their cars right now, right? I was about to say. I was going to say. Sorry. I I just was on a roll. It was like just logic was just spewing out of my mouth. No, I was literally going to say quarantine. Quarantine, yeah. Like literally, I read a, I read an article today that Hertz is filing bankruptcy because mm. Hertz, the, one of the largest car rental, um, you know, companies in the country, is like ain't nobody renting cars. If ain't nobody renting cars from Hertz, my concern is that normally this might not be a bad idea, but I feel like it's literally the worst time. It's like, huh? My mom gave me a, a, a house, you know, you know, I inherited a house. Um, should I Airbnb it? It's like, uh, normally Airbnb. Totally great question, but during times like this, we are living in abnormal times. So if it was me, if it was me, I probably would just sell the car because the likelihood of you probably making the money you maybe normally would um, in times like these. Um, uh, and also, too, here's my concern, too. Mandra, what do you think about, like, what if, so here's the thing. Her grandfather gifted her a car, but, well, I don't know how much is a car worth because you can gift, gift give, um, receive up to what? $10,000 without having to pay taxes as a gift? Don't ask me tax right? questions on the fly. I don't know. But it's something like <laughs> so that. I'm almost, yes. I'm almost positive because I remember looking up for my parents because I was like me and, and, and um, Superman were sending the money every every month and I wanted to make sure I was going to keep under the tax threshold. It's between ten and 12000 Don't quote me. I, I definitely know that it's not under ten. So I would just also be curious to know, you know, being mindful of the tax burden of receiving that car if it's over worth over ten or $12,000 and two, likely not being able to rent it out profitably during times like now, I honestly probably just sell it and put it toward my savings and paying off the other car. Sell the Mini Cooper and then use that those proceeds to pay off the Honda? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. I feel like I it would, would t- depend on which one's worth more. Right? Yes. Maybe mm-hmm. the Mini Cooper, even though it's a year older. <laughs> what a funny looking car. But then like <laughs> worth more to who in a world where people aren't driving? I don't know. Um how much would you be able to get for that? Would you sell it yourself as a private party seller or would you sell it through, you know, sell it to a dealership? Can you even do that? I don't know. Um, I know these days. Because they're trying to give it a car. They said that, um, like, because I was even, and if, honestly, now's a great time. If you are in the hunt for a car. Um, it's a now, really good time to buy a car. What? Especially a used car? Because literally, normally Hertz, Avis, all these places, they sell their um, their fleet um, to used car dealers. And now they're trying, especially Hertz in, in particular, is actually trying to raise funds to stay afloat. Because they cha- they filed, I believe, Chapter 11, which is the not the bankruptcy then, where you're just like, we're done. We're we're closing they're up shop. It's the, yes, and so one of the things they're trying to like you know raise funds is they're selling these cars. According to this article, I, I can't remember where I was reading it. They're selling these cars directly to folks, so you can like go on Hertz and see, um, like you know, can I buy a car directly um, from Hertz at a really great hmm. price? So um, cutting out the middle that would just be interesting. Exactly, so, so they can you know so they can make money to stay alive. So that that would just be my concern. Honestly, I probably would try to sell it. Do do your best, and um, I, I don't know that I'd want the hassle also mm-hmm. too of having someone in my car, the Rona, and all these other things, and meeting up for folks. So. Um, 
Yeah, that's what I would do, honey child. It took me a while honey to get to child. the place that you were landed at immediately, but I got there. It's definitely not a good time <laughs> yes. to be renting out your car as a as a source of income. Um, and yeah, to Tiffany's point about buying a car, I do know because we've reported on this, um, dealerships are like really wanting to people to buy cars right now. Obviously, people are not wanting to buy cars because who needs a car these days when you're going literally nowhere? But And I'm not <laughs> saying go out there and buy like the 2021, is that even released yet? 2020 model of whatever car. I mean, I think you should still do it responsibly. Don't take out a big car loan, like try and get something. It's it's amazing. It's a great idea to do what Tiffany said. That's how we got our car, a certified pre-owned car that used to be a rental that the rental company sold to a dealership and we got it through them and it had you know a warranty and all that kind of stuff. Um, just shop smartly and wisely. Um, but if you have good credit, got a nice amount for healthy down payment, um, yeah, that it's a buyer's market for cars for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for your question. Hopefully that was helpful to you. And thank you for an interesting, um, yeah, an interesting question on that. Yeah, that was a good and question. And shout out to your grandpa with the Mini Cooper. I know, so, so cute. cute. All right. Um, thank you guys for your questions. Again, you can hit us up, brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, you can find us, brownambitionpodcast on the gram. All right. And now it's time for Booster Break. All right, children, gather around. It's time to boost. It's time to break. Mandy, which one will you take? Will you boost? Mm-mm. Will you break? Mm-mm. Will you boost? I'm mad. I'm literally like shoulders bobbing, like shimming, like <laughs> as if I'm like, honestly, yeah. Anyway, you going to boost a break, girl. I'm going to take a break because a girl, well, not really. Well, she's a girlfriend, but our our resident editorial assistant on our team at Lending Tree this weekend rolled her ankle while she was out jogging, trying to live her best life in quarantine, and she fractured her little ankle bone. Mm. Um, it's the most adorable little fracture you ever saw in your life, um, but I'm sure it hurts like hell. She dragged herself to a uh, primary, or not a primary care, what do you call it? Urgent care um, on Friday to, you know, get it, get it looked at. She wasn't sure if it was a break or not. It was a break, but then she of course couldn't see, uh, orthopedic specialist until Monday. And when she did, she went today, wait, no, today's Tuesday. Monday was a holiday. Yes. So she went today and I'm going to take a break on her behalf for just the shadiness of the healthcare system and some doctor's offices because they, they were trying to upsell her on this boot. They were like, you need to buy this boot from us. It's $200. Okay. Like, a, like, you know, the boots that you can wear, like, on your foot. And I said, well, could you mm. use your FSA dollars? And she said, no. They said that it wasn't FSA eligible, and they said that my insurance wouldn't cover the boot. So she paid out of pocket for this boot. And then I was like, look on Amazon.com. I'm sure you could have bought that boot yourself, hobbled on home. Mm. And she's like, yeah, they were $50 on Amazon. Oh. And I'm pretty sure they are FSA eligible. Um, and I just was like, she was like, damn it, they got me. And I and she felt bad. And I'm like, it's not your fault that it's so twisted and busted like this. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out that you can save a lot of money on a damn, you know, regular ass boot that anyone can get on the interwebs themselves. Um, so I just feel like yeah. she was taken advantage of a little bit in her time of need. Um, so yeah, shout out, not shout out, a break for her. Ooh, I just realized, I just realized she broke, she had a break. And I'm taking a break about oh. her <laughs> break. Very meta, as it the kids would so say. Hot. Very meta. It is so hot in this room. I'm losing my mind. I need to get out of here. I do it for you guys in the audio quality, okay? No AC. <laughs> anyway, so a break for her. Please heal well, Miss Cameron. Um, and then if you, if you are, if obviously if it's a non-emergency situation and the doctor's trying to sell you some kind of equipment or like ace bandage or whatever, just do your 
You can even Google it really quick. Even just go to like fsastore.com and anything on that website you know is FSA eligible and see if you can get it from there because you can probably save money versus trying to buy it from the doctor's office. And that's mm-hmm. my birth. Smarty arty you are. I'm going to do a boosty breaky, but real light. Okay. Let's keep it cute. So my breaky is going to be my knees. Oh, my God. When did I turn old? Yo, my knees hurt every day now. I'm like, what's this like? <laughs> but so, you didn't break your knees, though, so did you? I, I, I know exactly. I, um, I've been taking daily walks and walking up to an hour. And I'm like, wait. So I've been stretching a lot. Anybody has any joint something, I just feel like I've been trying to get my regular exercise in. I am stretching. I'm doing yoga every morning. And I just, wow. I tell you, like walking up the stairs are like, literally, I'm like, is this life? Is this the life I'm going to live? I just can't take it anymore. My so dad would tell you to I, get the green alcohol from the bottom oh, shelf at the, at the pharmacy, if they even still sell this in, you know, to the larger public, get the green alcohol, the menthol kind of rubbing on there. Mm-hmm. That'll that'll cure you. It'll cure all evils, the green alcohol. <laughs> that and um, ginger ale, right? Yes. Ginger so, ale. So, yeah. So, I just, you know, no, but honestly, if there's something that I need to be taking, because I'm just like, I keep saying like, oh, it's going to get better. It's not getting better. Maybe listen to your and body know, and maybe- chill out and stop walking so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But the thing is, I'm not even like, I'm not power walking. I'm not like... You know, yeah. like I'm just literally like taking a stroll. I'm like, geez, is this life? Anyway, that's the break. And then the booze. Um, so Own came on. You know, my um my debut on Own with um with Ayala oh Vanzat. Um, I totally forgot. I was so nervous. And so I just want to really boost my family and friends because they did like a like a, a prompt to live. Um well they not live, but they all watched on Zoom. Like the team watched the team, um, the Unicorn Squad, the Budgetista and Literature Academy team, they they watched on Zoom together. My dad and my mom watched together, which is so cute. And then my friends watched all on Zoom together. So it was just really nice. I was honestly super nervous because when I taped it with Ayanla, um, I taped it here and I guess she's in California. And um, I was really, ner- I was so nervous. I didn't even remember what I said. You know, sometimes yeah. you're like, oh, well, let me review in my mind. I was like, I honestly have no idea what I said. Mm-hmm. So we were all watching together, like, let's see what Tiffany said. <laughs> but I gave myself a solid A minus. I always grade myself. And that's pretty high on my scale because I never give myself good grades. But I was like, Tiffany, that was a solid A minus. I'm proud of you, girl. <laughs> I'm but, such a jerk. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I forgot all about the show. No, it's okay. And I get, and I told Siri to remind me. It's her fault. <laughs> but, Is um, the link for those online? Of you, like, I think you so. Gotta find I, one. I had the own app, and so you're able to watch it like there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming if it's on the own app, then it should be there. But also, too, if you just want to catch some clips, like if you go to Own's um, YouTube channel, they have like clips. But okay. yeah, I was like I said, I was really, I was proud of myself for getting through it despite the nerves, and um, and it looked good. I was like, oh my gosh, look, it's happening, and it made me realize like uh, I finally bought some acoustic. Um, foam stuff for the office because I didn't realize how echoey if the you're office not was. sweating you're not growing <laughs> the third <laughs> memoir by Mandy so, Woodruff on bookshelves like, 2022 so I bought some hopefully so the next time we tape it should sound even more I mean I don't know what the word is what's the opposite word of echo but less yes less bouncy so um yeah so i was like oh on debut so hopefully fingers crossed it means good things are gone um yeah yeah well congrats thanks i'm sure you did amazing i will confirm that as soon as i watch it i am very sorry for forgetting (laughs) um no i'm just i anytime no seriously something that scares the crap out of you is always a good thing in the end even though it's really scary 
Um, and I know yeah, that you're doing is. a lot of your publicity in-house now and you're killing it and look at you go and congrats. This is awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you guys for continuing to listen. My gosh. I'm like, yes. don't remind us how long we've been doing the show because sometimes I'm like, really? We're still doing it? Yes. It's just this <laughs> habit. And you guys are still listening, still tuning in. And despite my fears about people dropping off because they're not commuting and, you know, we don't know where you guys typically listen. Apparently, a lot of you guys just listen sitting around the house. And like one Instagram user said we were helping her get through the last hour and 15 minutes of her work from home um, situation. So shout out to you. And thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show. Yes, thank you. If you want to show some love and you're a new listener or new enough to have not left a review on iTunes yet, please go to your phone right now. Turn it over. Go to the review. Please leave us a five-star review or however many stars you you know think this experience is worth. A five-star review. Give us a five-star review, please, <laughs> because this helps other people find the show, and it's the reason we're still alive and kicking. So thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh, and thank you, Mandy, for those cute pictures of Rio. I was like, yo, Rio is giving me all the life. Hello, baby. These cheeks. Six months old. <laughs> He's really fucking cute. I can't even. I know he is. I'm going to start tagging some labels in his Instagram ads. He is selling these outfits. Oh, yeah. Selling no, them. you should. Honestly, Mandy, you really should. Because I, I feel like, like honestly, I knew a kid that paid for his own college um, college fund for like the first five years of life because he was super cute. And so, you know, he just used to model until he was like, I don't know, six or seven. And and then, you know, his mom was like, hey, I'm good. But she put all that money up and paid for college. I, you know what? Honestly, me and my husband went through a real, real awkward phase from ages 6 to 13. So I feel like I only have a limited time. Like if this kid oh. takes after us, he's only going to be cute for like another five years. So I need to like oh. really capitalize. <laughs> I need to capitalize because he's going to look a little wrecked. He's going to look a little busted, um, which is fine. It builds character. It's why I am the way I am. It's all fine. Um, and it, break, it brings it on back. Brings it on back. Brings it on back. Bring him and keeps him humble. You know, I hope he has those ugly duckling years. But in the meantime, you're right. I'm going to – I need to figure out how does it work in the Instagram age. How do you make money off your child in a way that's not creepy? Yeah. No, I just I, – I would just start tagging brands and then you never know. They might reach out and be like, mm, baby, super cute. Oh, my goodness. And, um, yeah, you, I would start my that My husband way. is going to be so mad. He hates whenever I – he's like, please don't put our baby on the internet. Oh, I know. Everybody – I know. I my sister's always like, if him. you put my child on – one time I had my niece talk about um, – um, when I tell her, I was like, Amelia, say, get your credit together. She's like, get your credit together. Yo, meanwhile, my sister's sitting there. I hear her go through Instagram and she's watching it. And she realized, like, I just taped it. She's like, did you just put my child on? I was like, that was the last time. I was like, okay, like, you need to pay I got a talking fee. to, so I'm not allowed anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Well, thank you. He turned six months today. Happy birthday, Rio. Hope you guys yes. had a good long weekend. And thank you again for listening. We will yeah, see thank you The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.